0: All right, my friends, welcome to The Rise to the Top. David Simon Garland, you're, I almost miss said my own last name there. That's very, very impressive. David Simon Garland, welcome to The Rise to the Top, my friends. And uh, we're going to hop literally right into this here in a second. I hope your week is going extremely well. Now, I, I don't know if you caught my video uh, that I did on Top.com. I'll link it up below in case you haven't, uh, that I put out this Monday. But here's the title of the video. It was Ask David Help how do I sell online without being a hypey jerk face, right? Because that, that's really, come on, let, let's talk about this for a quick second because this ties right into our conversation today with Daniel Pink here on The Rise to the Top. Now, you know, there's these two kind of like schools of thought with, with, with selling online sometimes. And, and the school that makes me cringe slash vomit a little bit is the hypey jerk face model. You know what I mean? Like where you promise the world and you smash people over the head and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really annoying. So, you know, what's cool is Daniel Pink, and if you don't know Daniel, you're in for you, you're in for a treat. He's a multiple time New York Times best-selling author. 4 million plus views on his TED Talk, and he's got a new book out called To Sell is Human, and it's going to change your perspective on sales. And we just have a really fun conversation today, an interesting conversation about selling and applying a lot of these principles to online. So whether you're selling products or services or coaching or whatever it might be, I pick Dan's brain, and we have a really fun conversation. Uh, conversation on that coming up right now. So a couple things. So a couple little uh, fun facts before we get started. You know I'm gonna give a shout out to our sponsor. Come on, man. Gotta pay them, gotta pay them bills. You know what I'm saying? So let's give a shout out to GoToMeeting, our sponsor uh, by Citrix Online. I've got a new link for the new year here and all kinds of good stuff here. So go to meeting, you know, in a nutshell, the simple way to collaborate online, especially via video, and you can do it with iPad now and Mac PC you know, iPhone, iPod touch, all that kind of jazz. Here's what I want you to do to check it out and grab that free trial. You're not even gonna need to use a promo code or anything. Head over to go to meeting.com. Oh, actually, do not go there. I just gave you the wrong link. Go to <laughs> the risetop.com slash go to meeting. The rise to the top slash go to meeting and you're gonna have 45 day free trial on me cool so the com slash go to me let's see what else I can botch in today's introduction of the show so final thing I, I want to give uh, a quick little heads up on this because there's a deadline associated with it and it's not for everyone by any means like uh, some of you guys are gonna be like this has nothing to do with me and a lot of you guys are gonna say okay this is exactly what I need right now so I've got a brand new coaching program uh, that is just coming out called the host to the top and it's 12 weeks of exclusive coaching um, and accountability just for web show hosts and podcasters. So if you have a show and you're looking to take it to that next level and you need, you know, someone to help you along, it's a very, very unique program. I want you to check it out. You're going to get access to me. You're going to get access, to get all your questions answered, all that kind of jazz. And I'm going to kind of handhold you a little bit uh, and get you in there with some accountability as well. So the application deadline is January 29. Uh, I'm sorry, 28th, which is my mom's birthday. Uh, So head over to thehosttothetop.com, so thehosttothetop.com, check it out, I'm not going to go big time into it right here on the show, but you can see all the details, watch the video, and you'll be able to get it in a nutshell, and you'll immediately know like this is for me or this isn't for me. So check it out at thehosttothetop.com, and now here's today's episode with Daniel Pink and Joy. And welcome folks to the Rise to the Top, David Sight McGarland joined by this handsome gentleman, his second time on the show, but first time I think in like four years, something like that. Uh, Daniel Pink, great to have you back.
1: David, it's great to be here. And um, I got all dressed up for you, as you can tell.
0: No, I appreciate that. We love the t-shirt look, uh, one of my personal favorites. And you know what? It makes it even that more impressive that when we can talk about that, you're multiple, you know, New York Times best-selling author, millions of copies of books sold, all in a t-shirt. Uh, and in fact, your TED Talk, over 4 million downloads on YouTube. So, you know, a little bit of chaos, all with a t-shirt, right?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I, I could, um, I have, I've gotten a lot of free t shirts over the years. I once said to my wife, Do you think I could go for a whole month wearing nothing but free t shirts? And she said, Absolutely, but you'd have to do it married to somebody else.
0: Exactly. Perfect. So. I, I have a feeling my wife would have said the same. So yeah. let's talk here. Uh, the subject at hand, you got the new book out to sell as human. And, th- and this is a great subject for our audience specifically because, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people that are, you know, doing stuff online, building a community, building a fan base, selling and doing things are, are, are looking to sell. But then they get scared by, yeah. by selling in general because they have that bad taste in their mouth as to what they think sales is. Like, why is that? Why do we always have that kind of like slimy, sketchy, you know, the classic used carsman thought when we have sales and we think, okay, that's not for us.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think your diagnosis is spot on. In fact, one of the things I did in this book is I, as I did a, this big survey of 7,000 adult full-time workers. And one of the questions we asked them really got to this issue, which we asked them, when you think of sales or selling, what's the first word that comes to mind? And the words, the adjectives that we got were, I mean, pretty much, David, what you just said. Right. Slimy, sleazy, smarmy, pushy, annoying, uh, ick, ugh. Um, and I think the reason for that, the reason that we think of sales as slimy, has less to do with the nature of sales itself than the conditions in which sales have usually taken place. And let me tell you what I mean by that. For a long time, I mean well before the advent of online sales, um, almost everything we knew about sales, and then in some ways imported into the online or, or views of it even in the online world were in conditions of information asymmetry. The seller always had more information than the buyer. Mm-hmm. So this is you know, a really remarkable change. 20 years ago, if you walked into a Chevy dealer in St. Louis, and that Chevy dealer would know a lot more about Chevys, a lot more about cars than you ever could.
0: I couldn't have researched it online. I couldn't have done any of that stuff at all. You
1: right. wouldn't have had a clue. You would have been the, 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 there would have been this big imbalance in information. Now, if you, go to, if you walk onto the, a Chevy lot, you go on there having first of all you go on far later in the sales process which is an interesting thing but you go on there armed with arguably more information than that person has if there's a particular maker model you can know everything about that you can know what other dealers in st louis are charging for it you can know what uh, you can go participate in online forums of for people who own that particular make and model. You can go into you can go in there holding the factory invoice price and right. say to that car dealer, "You, I know what you paid for this." You're an and encyclopedia.
0: So, You're a walking encyclopedia of this, right?
1: All right. It's harder for that seller to be slimy, smarmy, sleazy when you know more information. And so that view of sales is very much it, it, it's 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 very um, deep seated, as you say. But it's really a, a view about information asymmetry than it is about sales itself. Uh, when, when, the buyer, when the seller knows a lot more than the buyer, the seller can hoodwink you. Right. But that's less and less the case. And so we've gone from this world in sales in general, uh, where, where buyers once had um, limited information, not very many choices, and no means to talk back, to suddenly you got huge amounts of information um, lots of choices, and the means to talk back. And that's a fundamentally different world. And so we have to, so that view of, of sales as slimy and smarmy is, is a very much an outdated notion. It'd right. be like if we, if we thought that telephones, that when, you, when we think of telephones, we think of, you know, those long, big, black, uh, handsets with rotary dials instead of thinking of something like this Ooh, as a telephone.
0: yellow. I like that. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: I, it's I, a. It's my. It's a. It's a case because I always drop it. Oh. Yeah.
0: No. It's. A, I have the same, but in black because yeah. I like throw it around. But anyway, that's yeah. a whole other interview right there about yeah. how to, how that neither one of us apparently can hang on to our iPhones. <laughs> uh, uh, but but you know I I understand what you're saying and this is such an interesting topic because we're we're now in 2013 and we have a lot of people um you know like I was saying that's selling on the internet. Now, uh, coaching services, products, things like that. The same thing applies. Like everyone knows what else is out there. The the same amount of information gap. So how do we sort of as I call it mediapreneurs? You know, people yeah. that are selling coaching or products yeah. or services online, adjust to sort of this new world where everyone kind of knows everything that's going on. It's not going to be the the hypey crap anymore that's going to work. How do we sort of adjust a little bit?
1: Yeah, though there are a couple of things particularly for for this audience of, of mediapreneurs. Um one of them is so so what I've talked about here is is this move from AB the ABCs of always be closing, the right. steamroller approach, to the ABCs of attunement, buoyancy, and clarity. Yep. A attunement, B buoyancy, C clarity. And I think there are pieces of both attunement and especially clarity that are really, really important for, for mediapreneurs. Attunement is really: can you take someone else's perspective? Can you see the world from their point of view? Mm-hmm. And um, and so the capacity to do that, the capacity to understand what someone else is thinking, where someone else is coming from, their perspectives, their interests, is crucial, particularly in say a coaching environment where you're dealing with face, you know, dealing with individual human being clients. But I think. Equally important is this ability of clarity, and, and here's where I think it comes in very profoundly for the folks who are, you know, your legions of, of fans. The, it used to be, we used to think of sales and as an enlightened view of sales is oh, I'm not a salesperson, I'm a pro- solution provider, I'm a right. problem solver, okay? Right. Still All just right? as sketchy to me, sounds just as sketchy. Yeah, right. I mean, and part of it was is that it was BS, I mean, right. that's, a, that's part right. of it. But let's, you know, let's stipulate that it's not complete BS right. and, and say that, okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to think of, of selling something. I'm going to think about solving problems. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If somebody, whether it's one of your, one of your group, you know, one of your fans, uh, customers or clients, if that customer or client knows precisely what their problem is, they can probably find the solution. Mm-hmm. If I can clearly identify my problem, I can find the solution on my own. It, on, on everything. So if it's simply that, um, I need to find a way to eat more vegetables. I don't need to get a coach to help me eat more. Ve- if that's right, if I know that's my problem, I need to eat more vegetables. I can go online. I can figure out how to eat more vegetables. Yeah, you can go on
0: YouTube and type in, uh, you know, vegetable recipes that are easier, or whatever, you know, whatever. If,
1: if, if I, uh, same thing with, uh, same thing with, re- with regular sales. If I say I want a, um, a maroon Nissan Altima 2012 model with these particular features, I, I, Pretty easy to go do find do. it. I don't yep. need I don't I don't need someone in sales. But I think that so that means that problem solving matters less than a very different skill, which is problem finding. How do you identify problems people don't realize that they have? That's where all the juice is today. Mm-hmm. Um, can you go from solving problems to identifying problems? It's a very different that's a very different set of skills. So what I could come into say a coach, let's say a lifestyle health coach, and say I need to eat more vegetables. What should I do? A good coach will say, well, let's talk about this a little bit. Let me see things from your perspective. And then maybe that coach will say something more valuable to me, which is that, Dan, your problem is not vegetables. The problem your is problem you're eating is-
0: 10 burgers a day. Or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. The, problem
1: is, yeah. yeah. The, problem, the problem is that it's the kind of vegetables that you want to eat or right. it's the mix of foods that you're eating or you're, you're, you're too sedentary because you're – you spend your day doing podcasts with David Garland, right, you know? Right, right. Great and choice so, of time, yeah. Right. And so, um, and so if, if that person can identify a problem I don't know that they have, that person is enormously valuable to me, mm-hmm. all right? And so that's the most, so it's the ability to go from problem solving to problem finding. The other thing is that, the, especially for the, the mediapreneurs, is that we've gone from information asymmetry to information parity, but that information parity is also information overload in a way.
0: Right. So how right. do you
1: make sense of that information? And there's some really interesting evidence from the social science about how do you frame messages in ways that are more helpful to people? Not surprisingly, I think for any good business person, any good person in any kind of sales, there's a lot of evidence showing that you know giving people fewer choices is actually more persuasive than giving them a lot of choices mean, meaning
0: we, like one, two and th- like having three options versus what ten or something like that is that what you're yeah saying? there are
1: yeah. yeah there there are uh, here we go, so uh, you know you could go for Dan, you could go for any of these ten let's, i don't know why I'm on the maybe because I'm wearing my running t shirt uh, right. the personal fitness thing, but uh, oh Dan, you know any of these ten fitness programs could be really good for you, my personal t- trainer could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I have a personal trainer, obviously, as you can see by looking at me. Um, my personal trainer... He's too good looking. He can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> even get better. My, my trainer could say, okay, so here are, here are 10 things that might work for you. I'm like, 10? Well, wait a second. Overwhelming.
0: You don't want to do any of them. Right. Yeah. And it's
1: like, okay, I don't know if we want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if he or she says, okay, here are three that are... You know, um, here are three that will work, That's, that, can be, that can be much more effective. When you, and there are other kinds of things, too, in terms of dealing with uh, If you think about um, um, this, this thing about attunement, attunement is actually really listening to people. And you can do things, I, I give you a great study, there's a great study of waiters in restaurants. And it found that waiters who repeated the order back to their customers got higher tips. Okay. So if, yeah. if you say to me let's say you you're you're, you're I'm the waiter you're the, the guest and you say um, um, I want a roast beef sandwich with extra horseradish and salad not fries on the side.
0: Yeah. I could
1: say, "Oh, so you want a roast beef sandwich with extra horseradish and salad not fries on the side. I'm going to get a higher tip."
0: Interesting. Because
1: Interesting. I'm more, because I'm more because it shows that I'm more attuned to what you're doing. It's a form of of kind of subtle mimicry. That it that can be very effective in these kinds of situations. So there are all sorts of small techniques that you can do to understand people's perspective a little bit better, and also to clarify things in this very murky world.
0: Yeah, and and what's interesting, kind of tying this on a lot of people that sell online um, that we're talking about. You know, I've noticed there's kind of a shift going on right now. Thank God on this shift, by the way. Let me just preface that. Thank God on the shift. Where it used to be when people were selling, let's say, information or whatever they were selling online, it was done in a persuasive, hit you over the head type way of like very aggressive, very like, you know, we call it like yellow highlightery. You know what I mean? Like where people exactly. have the thing and the promise and it's and you're and You know, if you just buy this program for nineteen dollars. Uh, you know, or $19,000. It's going to cure cancer. It's going right. to deposit a million dollars in your bank account. Right. And you don't have to lift a finger, right? There was this kind of hypey over
1: yeah. crazy But wait, thing. for you, for a limited time, it's $17,000. Right. And even though it's yeah. a
0: digital product, there's only eight available. But it, here's, a, you know, whatever the BS tactics were, and we're all sick of that. You know what I mean? And I think, I think there's no one would make that argument that they really like that and they want more of those to come back. But what it seems to me the shift towards and I'd be interested to hear what you're kind of seeing about this it seems that people are, have shifted more from the persuasive to more about either education, yeah, and then invitation. So it's like educating them about something, maybe teaching a little bit, and then inviting people as opposed to saying, "Daniel, you need this. It's more like here's the next logical step or something like that. Are you noticing kind of that as well or is that I think that's: actually, No, it's.
1: I think it's, a, I think it's uh... I'm writing it down. In fact, I got I Daniel Pink to
0: take a note. By the way, I just want yeah, to. Yeah, it's note um, that. no. It's I
1: think it's I think that's a great analysis. I think it's a really great analysis. Sort of education and invitation. And what's interesting is the um, is the form that education takes place. I think a lot of the education isn't access to information, but a way to. I hate to use this word because it's overused, to curate the information, yeah. to provide context for the information, right. to synthesize the information. I think, that's extremely, I think that's extremely valuable. So if you want to know everything about bonsai trees, I can go to this bonsai tree store and their website and, say, and actually get a tutorial on, okay, what is a bonsai tree? Why are bonsai trees cruel? How do you, how do you grow them? Right. If, a, if it's a if it's a media product, it could be you know why you know why do I need to know more about um, this particular topic? Why is this particular topic important, and, um, and why is this person a source of legitimate expertise? I think that's a big I think that's a big part of it. You see that very much in um, um, in a whole range of in a whole range of sales. Not only online, there's just a greater premium more and more on expertise. A uh, greater sure. premium, yeah, more, more. I, I'll give you. I mean, I'll give you a good example of this in the tangible world. Uh, I interviewed a guy at uh, uh, Profetti von Meli, which is an Italian company that makes, among other things, Mentos. Okay. And so
0: Mentos what, better. Me- okay, we'll see, I love Mentos. Okay, yeah. I
1: got. I got. Oh, they're in the house. I got. I, my house is right there. Uh,
0: Mentos freshest bed. Okay. I'll
1: so um, so <laughs> So okay. So I love Mentos. So so what happens is is that so they have, so their sales force goes out and and sells to. Retailers, okay, you know, right. like, right. um, especially like, um, um, the the small retailers, like a bodega in New York City or a mom and pop shop, uh, who have these candy displays there, and and what's happened with the Mentos salespeople is that they have actually changed their approach that they now say what they'll do, and, and the reason that the retailers like them is they will go in there with expertise. They go in there providing expertise about the confections business. So I'll go to you, and now I'm a now I'm a Profetti Von Melli salesperson, and you you run a bodega in, in, in St. Louis. Do they have bodegas in St. Louis? I don't know. They might. Uh, I'm assuming, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, I, I don't think so, actually, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. you know. What yeah. I drink mean? okay, I, so I, you know, protein shakes. I don't know.
1: You're in New York, yeah, okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, now, so a bodega in New York, or here in Washington, D.C., okay? So I go to like a you know, like a, a corner. There's like a, there's like a liquor store um, uh, two blocks that direction, okay? Burka's Liquor, and they have all kinds of snacks and candy. And so I go into Burka's Liquor, and the, you're now Burka, and I'm the candy salesman. And I go in there, and I actually start talking to you about your business, all right? Not about why you should buy Mentos, about about your business. What do you know about your customers? Who comes in here? What are the peak periods of the day? What are the mix of products that people are buying? And then what I will do then as a salesperson is I will suggest to you a a set of products that I think you should be carrying. Now some of those will actually be products from my competitors. Interesting. Yeah. And so and so and what happens there? It's like whoa. The, here's a salesman that Burka is, is actually wants to be wants to see because they're helping them run their business better. That is, they're selling, they're not selling Mentos, they're selling insights about the confections business. Mm-hmm. And in the course of that, they're going to sell Mentos too. They're going to sell a lot of Mentos, but they're not pushing Mentos on them. They're actually providing expertise and selling insights. And I think that's really the, I think that's really the crux of your, your education and invitation model.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's a great point. And, and what I've seen is nothing builds loyalty um, more than kind of honesty about these things to people, even if that means sending them off to a competitor all the time. And I've noticed that some of the people that have great success with their programs on the internet and offline too, but I'm saying like they're just not the people that are going to try to get the sale no matter what. Do you know right. what I mean? Because those people, if they have a refund policy or whatever, the refund going to be, or the percentages going to be through the roof. It's going to be like 50%. You know what I mean? Because they did whatever they needed to do. They stripped naked and did a little dance, you know, to make sure that that person bought. But what I've noticed is, and, and, and just talking with some of, you know, my clients and also just friends of mine that in the space, people that have the most success are just not even remotely afraid to turn down a sale you know what I'm saying? And send them to something more qualified or just say, listen, this might not be the fit for you right now. And, and people, I think, uh, appreciate that, that honesty and, and it turns you from you – know, like you know, you're not going to come across as the person that's trying to just close everything. And I've noticed in the future if you then do have something that is the right solution, they're the first ones that come flying in because they're like, exactly. this, this guy or gal is not going to screw me.
1: Exactly, exactly. There is this idea out there, there's been an idea out there since the 1970s, I write about this a little bit too, There's this a bit idea out there since the 1970s called in, the, in the management and leadership world called servant leadership, which is like, what? Which is the, the idea that leaders should serve first and lead second, mm-hmm. that if you're, not a, if you're not serving, and serving in a, in a transcendent sense, uh, you don't really have the opportunity to lead. And I think what we I think what we what we're talking about now is this shift toward what you can think of as servant selling in a way where you serve first and you sell later. Mm-hmm. And over time over time. Okay, that might be not, that might be not the be, that might not be the best thing for this week's numbers.
0: Right. But, but, but it's but certainly the, long, the best long you got picture it. big big type thing. Yeah.
1: You got it. It, it just reminds me of a, a a word that should be banished which is which is upsell. Oh, God,
0: don't even... I actually just did a video about that. That's so funny. Oh, did you and I really? I guarantee yeah. you didn't see it. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a video about how, uh, how it's okay to leave money on the table and, and how you, know, you do not need to squeeze every penny, nickel, Half a penny, <laughs> one tenth of a penny out yeah. of everyone because it leaves them with a bad taste in their mouth. You don't need to have a hundred upsells and do all this stuff that you're sometimes taught in the quote unquote internet marketing community. Exactly.
1: Well, I'll give you an example of this. So I was, I was on a, um, I don't want to, I don't want to name, I don't want to get you hit with a slander suit here. So I, but I, I was on a website uh, buying something. Okay, so I was buying something, and um, and so I bought, and then you know i thought i was ready to go to the checkout and instead i got hit with another window another uh, page and it was trying to sell me something else okay which is a big which is totally annoying yeah okay? and,
0: and ha- yeah and, it, and it's interesting cuz a lot of people
1: quote unquote teach to do that and i, no, I, right, I find it right. but
0: I, you never want it when you're buying
1: but, you're but t- you know what? <laughs> i don't i don't have I don't have, an in, I don't have an inherent necessary problem with with doing that but right. what happened was is that when i looked at the url the url was www nameofstore.com/upsell. Oh, they literally wow. Literally. Was, and I, and I clicked off. Yeah, you know. And so I think we I, but I think if you move from upsell to upserve, you're in you're you're better off over the long term.
0: Yeah, and I think it's you know, and like you said, it's not it's not about the pro, like it's okay sometimes to do that. It's just yeah, it's, it's yeah. just that it's just that the the kind of, it's kind of where you're coming from with it. Are you really trying to just squeeze it or are you trying that, well, to that's, but that's you the thing that I
1: mean? they they made their motives absolutely transparent. They're not saying, right. "Oh, uh, let me try to help you some more. They're saying, oh, opportunity to upsell. He's put something in his cart. We can hit him one more time, and maybe we can get, you know, the, um, the, uh, the $2.95 pen holder thrown right. in too.
0: Right, and I've had that. I've had nightmares, and then they send email. I've seen all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, what's interesting, when people might be listening to this, watching this, and thinking, you know, God, now I'm already getting a little nervous about selling as usual. You, we talk about this in the book, bit too, but confidence in sales – um, you know, it, it is an important aspect to say the least because you have some people that come across, especially online, either they go one way or the other. The way too confident, like if you, you know, I'm perfect and you need this, and if not, you're going to die or something. And then the <laughs> other way, which is like, you know, by the way, you should kind of buy this, but not yeah. really. It might not be for you, but it could be, yeah. but I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, da 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 there a way to, that we could be more confident as sellers, especially when we're not doing it You know, necessarily face to face, old school style, at at you know, at a at a brick and mortar place.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a there's a. I mean, again, you know, you you can look at the science to give us some hints on how to do this. So, for instance, one of the things that you reminded me of is that we have this notion out there that the best salespeople are extroverts. When in fact, the evidence shows that very strong extroverts are terrible salespeople because they talk too much, they don't listen, they overwhelm people in the way that you're you're saying, and that. But at the same time. It's not like strong introverts are very good either, for exactly the reasons that you're suggesting. The people who do it best are people who are what social psychologists call ambiverts. Somewhat introverted, somewhat extroverted, and can kind of attune themselves as the circumstances, as the circumstances demand. So, um, so, the most impor- so it goes back to this idea of attunement. You've got to know who you're talking to, and you've got to recognize, that if you're, if you're selling online, that… Um, you want to be somewhere in the modulated middle a lot of the times, not in this kind of hyper-aggressive crazy eddy or in this incredibly diffident Mary and the librarian approach. Right. The, meek, you want to, the meek approach. Yeah, you, like you don't that. want to be meek, but you don't want to be overwhelming. You want to be you want to be somewhere right. in the middle. The other thing is there's some interesting research out of Stanford showing that um, again, another virtue of honesty that is if uh, it's a study that showed that if you admit to if, if you're trying to sell something and you admit to a small blemish in the offering. This isn't perfect because X, Y, and Z, or maybe X. This isn't perfect because of X, but in general, it's it's actually quite what you need, that introducing that blemish is actually more persuasive than simply saying, oh, this is flawless, perfect. perfect."
0: Yeah, actually, it's funny. I took a, uh, God, this was like three or four years ago. I took like a sales course because I actually was really interesting. um, Just, because I liked it, I like their philosophy yeah. on it. But they talked about uh, certain types of people. You know, like actually, we did the old disc. We did the old disc uh, profile, if you will. And they were talking about selling specifically towards uh, people that are more compliant. So, for people that don't know what that is, you know, it's more they're very, very worried about making a mistake. Yeah, uh, they're the analytical, think accountant type people. Do you know what I'm saying? And they were saying, and the guy's example that he gave, I thought was a great one, which was you just illustrated. Was he was saying about that small flaw? And he was saying when he's selling his uh, sales seminar or whatever where he travels around and does the same seminar I think he's been doing for like 140 years or whatever he does, <laughs> um, that he, he, his small blemish he gives people yeah. is saying like, by the way, you know, I've been doing this forever, but it's just me. So meaning that if I get sick – uh, or if there's another issue or something like that, we might have to reschedule. I just want to let you know that there's some kind of, you know what I mean? Like he came up with like a little bit of a flaw. It's a little sketchy flaw, I think, but yeah. um, I understand the philosophy behind it yeah. where it's, you don't come across as like it's perfect. Do you know what I'm well, saying? Well, no,
1: because the, 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 I mean, the easier way to say this is just to be honest about what you're offering. Right. Because um, not, not because you're a good person, but because eventually in this world, the information is going to come out. So, um, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a broader life principle that if, if, um, for me, it has nothing to do with sales, but if like, if there is something kind of negative or, or bad news involving me that someone needs to know, I want, I want to tell them, right. I, I, I want to tell them, I don't want them to hear it from somebody else, even though it sucks to say, Hey, I just wrecked your car or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. What I mean, um, I want them to hear it from me uh... because it's more because it's more honest, and actually, that honesty has um, a great appeal to people because it's 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 scarce and therefore more valuable.
0: Right, and, and what I've what I've noticed on that also with online is that a lot of people either fall into one of two categories as well. Number one is where they just have a product, and I I, I hate to call it this, but I'm gonna call it, it anyway. It's the product pushing category. Okay, so they just have a product, and they need to persuade and do that kind of stuff to get it sold. And then there's the brand builders that have gone out there you know whether they're blogging or videos or doing a show like this whatever they're doing and they're building the relationships on and offline they can get away with far less sketchiness in a good way when they do then come out with something to sell at a certain point like you said it was kind of a delayed sale or whatever you want to say like if you if you follow someone online for a while and you're reading blog but let's just use you as an example uh... is that you're, you know let's say we're subscribing to your blog we, we're reading it, we read your articles and other various places, we're going to be far more likely to buy your book um, or, or, or get something when it comes out because we're fans of you. And we're going to trust that when, you, when it's that point, we'd like to give back, we'd like to help, and we also want to learn more. And it seems that people skip that step a lot of times and they try to just start with the book or something like that.
1: Serve first, sell later. That's, I mean, I have to say it's it's the way to go. It's, and, and I think what's, what's interesting is, is that people have a hard time grappling with that, even though as customers, that's what they want. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. So that, but think, you
1: know what it is, but, but, but a big part of it really goes back to attunement. They're not, they're seeing things, they're seeing their offering only from their own eyes they are not seeing it from the customer's eyes. And those people never do well in business. Yeah.
0: I, I, I think that, by the way, I think that if people can take away one of the most simple Takeaways—it's that one right there. It's it's serve first, sell later. From that, Daniel, for sure. So chapter nine. As we wrap, as we wrap, uh, not only can you get chapter nine, you can get all the other chapters. Uh, Absolutely. In, in, in order, book, no less. In the new book, uh, uh, to sell as human. We're gonna link this up. Uh, is there any other special links, uh, Daniel? We only get up to like Amazon stuff like that. But is there any any other special places we want to send anyone? Um, and any other random thoughts on the book, or fun facts that you would have normally not shared that would be either hilarious. Are interesting for us other than the normal book pitch?
1: Um, well, <laughs> well, you can come to my website, danpink.com, for all kinds of information, uh, all of it free, all of it service oriented. We're not going to try to sell you anything, although, you want to buy a book, that's cool. Um, you know, I, I think that there's some other interesting things in there uh, that would be really useful to uh, your folks, things about how to pitch a little bit better, mm-hmm. how, do you, how what the social science tells us about pitching with rhymes, pitching with questions, pitching with one word. You got like uh, six
0: of them here. I got my cheat sheet, actually. There's, yeah, it's there's cool. Six yeah, yeah. So, six different successors to the elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think
1: there's a lot of good, uh, really tangible stuff in there for people. Um, but, but again, I also have the introduction on my website to, to read for free. So check that out. And if it appeals to you, maybe... Look at it a little bit more.
0: Cool. And tell us, Dan, I always curious about this for, with writers. When you're writing this, tell us like one crazy like fun fact or little story. Was there anything like funny or like do you, get in, do, you do any weird stuff when you write or do you have to be like drunk or do you do something? <laughs> like what is – I want to hear about your, just one little fun – The writing fact. process? Fun, fun, fun fact about your behind-the-scenes writing creation process.
1: Um, you know what? I, I, I can sort of show you here. Hold on. Um, uh, I'm scared. Even though, even yeah. though I'm a cool guy who does podcasts, is that I use my my method of of organizing my stuff. I don't know if you can see on the wall yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's these guys.
0: It's the. Uh...
1: You got it. That's exactly it. Yeah, It's these guys. Yeah. My method. My method. Even I don't use. I don't use Evernote. I I don't you know keep everything in Dropbox. Um, I I actually mapped out the entire book on. On, um, on these things right there. That I, I call them big-ass stickies. Yeah, big-ass in-
0: stickies. I the entire
1: buying- book mapped out on big-ass stickies.
0: All right, well, that's our fun fact takeaway that Daniel yeah. Pink outlines his entire book on big-ass stickies. And by the way, I was slightly nervous that you were going like, to reveal a typewriter when you moved over. Oh. And I was like, please, <laughs> God, don't be a typewriter. So, all right, well, Daniel, as always, this has been, this has been absolutely great, uh, great takeaways, interesting talk as usual, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. This was a blast.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. It's always fun.
0: This was Daniel Pink on The Rise to the Top. All that stuff's linked up below. Reminder, hop on that Rise VIP email list, therisetop.com VIP. I will see you next time. I'm David Seitman-Garland, and remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Daniel Pink. That was a lot of fun. He's a, he's a super cool, interesting guy. Uh, always love to hear your insights below on top.com as well. In the show notes, just one uh, final quick reminder here on the Host of the Top, again, applications are now officially, officially open. You can find out about the entire coaching program at the Host of the Top dot com it is just for web show hosts that want to dominate and take their game in the next level it's it's i'm very very excited about this so uh... if it's a fit for you make sure to check that out and of course we want to give one more parting shout out to our good friends at go to meeting the official sponsor of this episode with daniel pink uh, easiest way, bottom line, to do an online meeting, especially on video, head over to therisetotop.com slash go to meeting get started with that 45-day free trial. You just got to enter your name, uh, your email address, retype in your email address, click continue, you'll be off to the races. So make sure to check that out and you're supporting the show and supporting that show is a good thing. See ya.